perpetual traveler through the Bible. Please join me for the next part of my journey through the scriptures. Stay as long as you like and let us together discover a bit more about the Bible. In the Gospel of John chapter 14, Jesus made a wonderful promise to his disciples and of course all believers. He said, In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. There is one phrase in that passage that I would like to highlight and focus on at this moment. In my Father's house are many rooms. In other translations like the Revised Standard Edition, that passage is translated as, In my Father's house there are many dwelling places. I prefer the word dwelling places. It is closer to the intended meaning of the original Greek word, which can be translated as tabernacle. The Father's house is actually the New Jerusalem, because that is the dwelling place of God. That is where God will live with His people forever and ever. In the previous episode of the Journey Through the Scriptures podcast in verse 2 of Revelation chapter 21, John described the holy city, the New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God. In verse 3 it says, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. That is the city where we live, and that is the city where God dwells. What was promised by Jesus in John 14 is described here in Revelation 21. This is the place that the Lord Jesus has been preparing for all believers, descending out of the heavens into the new heaven and the new earth. The new Jerusalem is the capital city of the new heavens and the new earth in its eternal and final state. So, in John 14, Jesus was giving us a promise of heaven. Repeatedly, in the New Testament we are told, as believers, we are citizens of heaven, and we are waiting to get to heaven where our Father is, our Saviour is, our dwelling is, where our names are written, where our brothers and sisters are, where our affections are, where our hearts are, where our treasure is, and where our inheritance dwells. During the last podcast episode, we read the first eight verses of Revelation 21. These describe the purpose and the reasons for the new heavens and the new earth. Now we get to the part of chapter 21 where we learn about the city of Jerusalem and try to understand the symbolic language used to describe it. This is found in Revelation 21 verses 9 to 14. Then came one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls full of the seven last plagues and spoke to me, saying, Come, I will show you the bride, the wife of the Lamb. And he carried me away in the Spirit to a great high mountain and showed me the holy city Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God, having the glory of God, its radiance like a most rare jewel, like a jasper, clear as crystal. It had a great high wall with twelve gates, and at the gates twelve angels, and on the gates the names of the twelve tribes of the sons of Israel were inscribed. On the east three gates, on the north three gates, on the south three gates, and on the west three gates. And the wall of the city had twelve foundations, and on them were the twelve names of the twelve apostles of the Lamb. What we need to ask ourselves is, is this a literal description, or does it symbolize something? 
Remember that God chooses to use literal things that are symbols. The cross we see behind many pulpits is literal, but it is also a symbol of the death of Jesus. It is both literal and symbolic at the same time. So, all through Revelation, we find the blending of the literal and symbolic. Personally, I do believe that there will be an actual city of incredible brilliance and glory, located somewhere above or within the atmosphere of the earth, but at the same time, the city symbolizes activities and relationships that are going on within the community of the redeemed. So we need to look a little bit more deeply into the symbolism to interpret these verses correctly. The high wall of the city in verse 12 speaks of separation and of intimacy. If you want to have privacy, you build a wall around your house. That wall shuts out other things and people. Here it speaks of intimate fellowship and separation from intrusion. Going back in the Bible to Deuteronomy 26 verses 18 to 19, it speaks of God's desire to have what he calls a people for his treasured possession. This is what the passage says. And the Lord has declared today that you are a people for his treasured possession, as he has promised you, and that you are to keep all his commandments, and that he will set you in a praise and in fame and in honor high above all nations that he has made, and that you shall be a people holy to the Lord your God, as he promised. Naturally, everything in the universe is his possession. All animals, all creatures are his. There are millions of angels, and they all belong to him. But believers are God's own treasured possession. That is because he has made them in the image of himself. He can share with them the deepest things in his life and in his heart. Believers satisfy him and fulfill him just as a bride satisfies and fulfills her husband. This is something that angels and animals cannot do. The gates of the city, also in verse 12, are a means of access in and out of the city. What does John 10 verses 9 say? I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. I believe this signifies the widespread ministry of believers throughout the renewed universe. The new universe will surely be as big as or bigger than it is now, and it is mind-blowing in its immensity now. Billions and billions of galaxies fill the heavens as far as we can see by means of the greatest telescopes we have, and still we have not reached the end. That means that there will be an entire universe to discover, and every moment of eternity will be an adventure of discovery for believers. Those gates are named after the tribes of Israel. This is a reminder to us all of what Jesus said in John 4 verses 22 that salvation is from the Jews. Access to the city is through Israel, and I think that this pictures the truth that comes to us through the Old Testament prophets and the faithful of the nation of Israel. Just like the twelve gates of the city, we will at last understand them as we access them. Foundations always signify that which is underneath and that which gives stability and permanence. The foundations mentioned in verse 14 are named after the twelve apostles. These foundations signify the truth and the practice of the New Testament. The truth and the practice of the New Testament is summarized in 1 Corinthians 13 verses 13, which says, So now faith, hope, and love abide, these three, but the greatest of these is love. This verse lists the three components of the message of the gospel of the New Testament. We only have a shallow and faint understanding of them now, 
but believers will fully understand and experience them as they understand and experience the foundations of the city. And now on to Revelation 21 verses 15 to 17. And the one who spoke with me had a measuring rod of gold to measure the city and its gates and walls. The city lies foursquare, its length the same as its width. And he measured the city with his rod, twelve thousand stadia. Its length and width and height are equal. He also measured its wall, a hundred and forty-four cubits by human measurement, which is also an angel's measurement. Whenever God measures something, it is the sign of his ownership. The number twelve, which is featured elsewhere in this passage, appears as a measurement of twelve thousand stadia. This is about fifteen hundred kilometers. There is also a measurement of the wall of 144 cubits, which is 66 meters, and 144 is 12 times 12. In scripture, the number 12 signifies government, so this is a fulfillment of that wonderful promise of Isaiah 9 verses 6 which says, For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be on his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Almighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. The new Jerusalem will be a city of beauty and of symmetry, just as long as it is wide, just as tall as it is long. I do not think we need to think of that as a cube. It will probably be a pyramid, a city of perfect proportions. That is what these proportions symbolize. Perfectly proportioned wholeness. That is every person's desire. Everyone wants to be a whole person. No doubt you have heard many people say, I want to be myself, I want to be fulfilled, I want to be perfect and whole. Of course, many choose the wrong way to do it. They think that it is all up to them. The one consistent message of the Word of God is that we cannot find our own way. If we try to fulfill ourselves, we will lose ourselves. But if we let God fulfill us, then we will be fully filled, which is what fulfillment means. We will be whole and perfectly proportioned. There will be nothing out of balance. In Revelation 21 verses 18 to 21, not only is the size and the shape of the city revealed, but the materials from which it is made are given to us. The wall was built of jasper, while the city was pure gold, like clear glass. The foundations of the wall of the city were adorned with every kind of jewel. The first was jasper, the second sapphire, the third agate, the fourth emerald, the fifth onyx, the sixth carnelian, the seventh chrysolite, the eighth beryl, the ninth topaz, the tenth chrysophase, the eleventh jacinth, the twelfth amethyst. And the twelve gates are twelve pearls, each of the gates made of a single pearl. And the street of the city was pure gold like transparent glass. What is so special about these particular precious stones? Firstly, the wall of the city is made of jasper, which is a precious stone that was inserted in the high priest's breastplate. You will find this detailed in Exodus 28 verses 20 and Exodus 39 verses 13. In Revelation 4 verses 3 it is described as a stone of brilliant transparent light. The stone which we name jasper actually describes a diamond. The precious stones used in the foundations of the city are all found described in Exodus 28. Try to imagine what the new Jerusalem will look like. It is made of transparent gold, with the foundations of a kaleidoscope of sparkling colors of light and glory. 
the foundations as we have already seen are the twelve apostles. Now, if we quickly turn back to Ephesians 3 verses 10, we will see the same phenomenon mentioned here. That passage says, that through the church the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. In Greek, the word manifold literally means many-coloured. So here, the many-coloured wisdom of God is revealed to the twelve apostles. The gates are made of single pearls. Pearls signify beauty out of pain. Beauty comes from pain in an oyster because a pearl is formed when a tiny grain of sand gets inside the oyster's shell and the oyster experiences pain and irritation. To relieve its pain, it covers the sand grain with a soft lustrous coat that hardens into a beautiful glowing pearl. This is a beautiful description of how the redeemed come from the pain of Jesus. He was the husbandman who came looking for a pearl of great price. He found one, a beautiful pearl which came out of the pain that he suffered as he went through the terrible anguish of the cross. Out of that pain came the church of Jesus Christ, the pearl of great price. He sold all that he had to buy it. This means that the redeemed will never forget for all eternity the pain and the shame of the cross of Christ. Right throughout Revelation, we have seen a temple in heaven. That temple remains throughout the millennium. This is the original of which the earthly temple is merely a copy. In the new heavens and earth, there is no temple. Verse 22 says that, And I saw no temple in the city, for its temple is the Lord God the Almighty and the Lamb. 1 Corinthians 6 verses 19 explains this puzzle of why there is no temple in the new heavens and earth. Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? The temple in the old heavens is merely a picture of the true temple. The true temple is the true man, Jesus himself. God in man, that is the temple. If God dwells in us, then we are a part of this heavenly temple. We share the honor of being the home of God, the dwelling place of God. From the dwelling place of God comes radiant light. People can see all things by that truth. It is so glorious that there is no need for the sun or the moon. Verse 23 to 24 says, And the city has no need of the sun or the moon to shine on it, for the glory of God gives it light, and its lamp is the Lamb. By its light will the nations walk, and the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it. This passage does not say that the sun and moon are not there. It simply says there is no need for them in the city of God. Verses 25 to 27 say the following, And its gates will never be shut by day, and there will be no night there. They will bring into it the glory and the honor of the nations. But nothing unclean will ever enter it, nor anyone who does what is detestable or false, but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. There will never be night there, because it is lit continually by the glory which is God in man. The gates will never be shut, because there is no night there, and therefore no need for protection. Cities close their gates at night, because they are in danger. But there is no threat in this new earth. The kings of the earth will bring their glory in, not to compete with the glory of God, but to have it revealed by the light of God. Nothing impure will enter because only the redeemed are admitted. Jesus in Luke chapter 6 verses 23 gave the following promise. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy, for behold, your reward is great in heaven, for so their fathers did to the prophets. 
this passage tells us something about rewards. When we receive our glorified bodies, when we receive our eternal reward, I truly believe that when we receive it, it will be diffused into the glory of God. Whatever good we did, whatever we have achieved for the cause of Christ, the Spirit of God did in us. We did nothing of ourselves. God will get all the glory in the end. All of the redeemed who will enter into the eternal city and receive their eternal reward will give that back to God. And the eternal worship of God and the eternal worship of Jesus Christ will be everything. That is the shining city. That is the glory of God. The breathtaking glory blazing everywhere. And that is above everything describing that city. This is David Wiles, your fellow traveler in Christ, and this has been the Journey Through the Scriptures podcast, episode 59.